0: Hello and welcome Behind the Marquee, the podcast where we talk about everything inside and outside the world of art house and independent cinema. My name is Nick Aldrink. I'm the programming and media coordinator, coordinator at the Michigan Theatre Foundation. I'm joined by two guests who also work at the Michigan Theatre. Please introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do. Hey, my name is Nadim Persico
1: mass and I'm a house manager at the State Theatre.
2: Hi, my name is Mackenzie Peacock and I am the conference manager of the Art House Convergence.
0: Yes, thank you both for being on once again. Of uh, course. Happy to be here. Before we get into the, our main uh, discussion topic of this episode, uh, the last episode was about Art House Theater Day. Uh, so let's recap, Mackenzie. How did, how did it go? How do you feel about it?
2: Um, I think it went really well. We had, um, we had a lot of pickup uh, nationwide, which I was excited about. We got some write-ups in uh, IndieWire mm-hmm. and The Hollywood Reporter. And on a few uh, actual podcasts, uh, mm-hmm. Projection Booth, and um, there was another one that I'm forgetting. The Screening something? Is that a thing? I don't know. There are a bunch of podcasts um, that were very nice to talk about us. And mm-hmm. I was also excited because oh, I, kind of, I went kind of crazy with social media over the weekend, yeah. uh, like retweeting what theaters, what different theaters are doing mm-hmm. um, and uh, reposting on Instagram. Mm-hmm. and Ava DuVernay and Sean Baker of Ooh. the Florida Project both started following us. <laughs> and Sean Baker was liking a bunch of stuff, and I was like, yeah. cool, great. So can you come <laughs> to a screening or come to the conference? Uh-huh. So I'm going to try to follow up yeah, on that. Yeah, you
1: should. Sean Baker, I know, is crazy about theaters, like not yeah. just any theaters, but like the cool theaters.
2: Well, yeah, he's he's on Team House Theater Day now, so that yeah. was really exciting. Um, and it's also just fun to see how every theater kind of makes it their own. Yeah, There was one theater um, that I love, called the uh, Small Star Art House, and they're in uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania or New York. I don't know why I'm blanking on that right now. Um, It's a tiny two-screen theater that is run by a woman. She was working in business for decades and had the capital to start a theater and just said, hell yeah, I'm going to do this. She doesn't take a paycheck. She just does it Mm -hmm. for the love of opening a cinema. And she showed uh, Pick of the Litter, which we're playing right now, that... Mm. And they did it with uh, like, like a service dog screening, inviting service dogs. Yeah. So it was, it was a sold out crowd. <laughs> really? Of just serve, oh. And they, they invited a lot. They invited the trainees. So it was just like <laughs> trainee service puppies running mm-hmm. around. That's beautiful. Which is adorable. And they also showed um, Big Bed Fox. And they had craft tables where kids could make like paper mache foxes. Oh, oh that's origamis. so neat. And there's little things like that where just theaters do something a little different. Um, it was just special. Yeah. It was nice to see how connected all these theaters are around mm-hmm. the country.
0: Were you on the Projection Booth podcast? I was not. You weren't. Okay, that was the uh, Lauren and Gabe. The, yeah. Gabe. Uh, and uh, next year, Our House Theater Day is a. Are we rolling it on the, the same day every year, or is it that's or is it just a, a Sunday in September? Do we know the date of next year? It's yet? been
2: the same weekend every. Yeah. Day, um, every September. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the question becomes: uh, This year, we were approached by European Art House Theater Day, right. which is in mid-October, mm-hmm. and um, we had already set our date, and they had already set their date. Uh, mm-hmm. So we weren't really able to collaborate. So I guess that conversation needs to happen sooner than next year to see okay. if maybe we could do an international Art House Theater Day. So then it would be thousands of theaters across Europe, the United States, and Canada. Because mm-hmm. while we don't limit ours um, right now to North America, it usually is mainly North American mm-hmm. uh, theaters signing up.
0: How about for you, Nadim? You were, you were working on Art House Theater. Yeah, I was working go.
1: at the State Theater on the Art House Theater Day. It was pretty fun. There's lots of uh, people who were definitely coming into the state theater for the first time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, there were plenty of people who came to our poster sale. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, and they told us they came to the poster sale specifically because they saw a post on the internet advertising cheap movie poster yeah. sale. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, and it seemed like the responses to the movies were pretty good. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: the The Guilty was the big one. Yeah. That played at Cenotopia this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people were really excited um, not only to see it for the first time because they might have missed it during Sinatopia, but we definitely had plenty of people who were here for their like second uh, viewing of the mm-hmm. movie and I still haven't seen it oh. <laughs> um, actually uh, I really wanted to see it so one night um, like after I'd closed the movie theater during Sinatopia, I just started playing it on our projector because <laughs> it was unencrypted and I only got like the first half hour yeah. which is like Exactly when it becomes really exciting, so I got to finish that one day. Um, but also, there was a very small but very enthusiastic crowd for uh,
0: Schlock. Schlock, yeah, yeah. The afterwards,
1: afterwards, small. everyone was like cackling.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was okay. really, I was really disappointed. There was a small, a smaller crowd for that. Uh, Understandably, I guess, because not. It, it, this is a movie that no one has even heard of no it, it, i hadn't heard of it either and i
1: like i snuck in yeah. a few times during the movie uh-huh. and it looked amazing it looked like exactly my kind of
0: movie
2: you know it was so funny. it's so funny you say that because that's what we thought it was like oh this unseen that's what we advertised it as this unseen gen mm-hmm. landis film mm-hmm. and then the guys at IndieWire were like excuse me we did a blu-ray release of it a couple <laughs> of years ago oh, really? it's actually very well known and we're like oh. no no one All knows right. it <laughs> but IndieWire knows it i guess
0: and yeah, for, for, for that screening, we gave out, uh, I had f- five bags of swag, uh, for, uh, each one with a state theater, uh, like a t-shirt in it, and a synodromea mug, and then the, the fifth one I gave out had a free gold membership in it. We had five bags of swag, six people in the theater. <laughs> so so I, I got to the end and I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. Who, who in here didn't win something? And then the, she was just sitting alone in the back. She raised her hand and I took her concessions order and I hope that made her happy. Yeah,
2: um, That's very funny you say that because I did the exact same thing with the 130 screening for Big Bad Fox. Really? <laughs> for Big Bad Fox, we were giving away tickets to the kids show. Um, and so actually all the kids in the crowd ended up winning those, which is really great without just me just pulling the numbers. They, yeah. they kept winning. But then there were a lot of gold cards in the audience. And when I was giving, I was giving away a basic membership and like three or four gold cards were called in a row. (laughs) And all of them were like, oh, no, please, please give it to someone else. And I was like, okay, great. So they kept passing and kept getting passed around. And then finally there were two like 20-something-year-old guys who were by themselves. Mm -hmm. And we were like, okay, who's going to get it? And we were just (laughs) drawing it and drawing it. And then the one guy won. So there's only one guy in the crowd who didn't win anything. And oh. I was just like, you want a popcorn, man? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, like, I'd like a popcorn. Um. And then actually a bunch of people came in late, so they didn't get yeah. an option. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's funny that you did that because I had the same experience.
0: And then w- w- when we recorded last week and we were talking about it, you said that you weren't sure that we were getting those, those Suspiria posters. Yeah. And anyone who came to the state saw that we indeed got the Suspiria posters and they are gorgeous. They are really they're beautiful. Shout cool.
2: out Amazon Studios.
0: And we, we have a lot more to give away. Are we they still do. at the state? Come yeah. by the state theater and grab a free Suspiria poster courtesy of Amazon Studios. Yes, please do. Like I said, they're gorgeous. And the mo- I expect the movie is going to be just as gorgeous. Yeah, it
2: just premiered at um, Fantastic Fest, which is why we couldn't get mm-hmm. it Art of Cedar Day. Originally, oh. we were going to try to play it for Art of Cedar Day, but then they did the premiere at Fantastic Fest, and it, everyone's saying like it's better than the original. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh really? Yeah, I saw Ooh, that at okay. least four times on Twitter. So let's see.
1: Okay, I'm excited.
2: We should do a side by side comparison.
1: We should. At the state, I'm into it. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> Whoa.
2: I mean, like play them on top of each other,
0: like mm-hmm. two
2: projectors on one. Side. <laughs> Both audio tracks playing.
0: Well, that's our house theater day. Thank you to everyone who showed up last Sunday and uh, and partook. Is that a word? Partook. Part. Partooken. Part. No, <laughs> and, uh, we're involved. Who- we're involved in all the festivities. Nice so- save. <laughs> let's just move on. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about the summer. This summer. This summer. Big how, summer. Big summer. How how what how do you feel as we enter the fall? I feel great. Yeah. I thought the summer movies were like big, exciting, exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. Diverse, diverse, yes. true, which is yes. great. Big summer for independent movies. Big summer for documentaries too. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I I took a look at the box office Mojo, the 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 highest grossing films. So of all the of domestic grosses, the highest films, highest grossing films of the summer were number one, Avengers: Infinity War.
2: No,
0: no you surprise. Don't say. Um, no, I think it was yeah, yeah of, of, of the summer. Avengers: Infinity War, number two. Incredibles two, mm-hmm. number three. Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, number four. Deadpool two. And number five, Mission Impossible: Fallout. And you had a lot of things wow. to say about Mission Ooh, Impossible, I, right?
2: I love Mission Impossible. Fallout. Love that movie.
0: And then, of course, the, those are uh, just of the summer. On like, we can talk about Black Panther, which was the highest-grossing film uh, this year. Yeah, it, that, it that didn't gross more
2: than. Yes, it did. Avengers. Yeah, the it
1: summer did. in February. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, isn't it still the highest-grossing movie? It's of the still year? the highest-grossing movie of the year. Yeah, yeah. And then. Um, the highest grossing independent hits uh, this summer, Crazy Rich Asians is the, yeah. the at least if we're talking about films that we played at the state uh, or Michigan in the state, we uh, Crazy Rich Asians, Black Klansman, Hereditary, Won't You Be My Neighbor, Sorry to Bother You, really big, really big uh, year for independent films. Yeah. Crazy very Rich exciting. Asians is still going very strong. At yeah. The state. What I, what I notice is the amount of directorial debuts. Yeah, that 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 came out this summer. Like, um, Hereditary was a directorial debut debut, and that was something that you saw at Sundance, right, Mackenzie?
2: That is very true. I mm-hmm. saw that movie at eight in the morning, <laughs> and I um, would just like to say that Black Panther has made one point three four billion dollars, and Avengers: Infinity War made two point oh four six billion dollars.
1: Really, really, yes. oh. It's, so now it's passed. Yeah. Because wow.
2: that was a trivia question, and I was like, man, did Sporkle get that wrong a couple weeks ago? Oh, Anyways, okay. we can
1: Congratulations we can, to Disney Studios <laughs> for their wonderful. <laughs> yeah, no matter year.
2: what, Disney's walking away with a lot of money. Anyways, um, yeah, I saw Hereditary at Sundance, and I didn't know it was a horror movie going into it. I didn't really <laughs> read the description. Oh, well, no. the description was just like a nice a family
1: f- documentary. Well, it was like,
2: oh, a family goes through a tragedy and then descends into hell, and it was them sitting around. That's still of them sitting around the table. So it kind of just looked like a family drama. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, And if you look, I mean, this was like eight in the morning, so it did say like genre midnight, which usually the midnight movies are Mm. horrors. But I just wasn't paying attention, and I was thoroughly—it's eight a.m. Yeah, thoroughly Mm -hmm. horrified Um, because I think I had no expectation. Yeah. Which, so some, a lot of people were set up by the trailers being like, yeah. it's the scariest movie since The Exorcist. Yeah. And, and so they had those expectations. I had no expectations. So then I was just <laughs> losing my shit in the theater. When that, Tony, Tony Collette on the ceiling, I was like, there's some guy next to me just went, oh God, no, no, in the audience, which was really fun.
0: That really is the difference of that movie is expectations. Yeah. Because for mm-hmm. I think for, for, mo- for most people that went and saw that theater, it was like you said, everyone has seen the articles, scariest movie in years, uh, yeah, scariest movie since The Exorcist, and then they had that heart, those heart rate level charts yeah, that came Alamo. out. And that's like throughout, like the the first and third act, just so everyone's heart rate levels were through the roof. Yeah. And
2: that was totally true. I, I honestly, that was the scariest. That's the mm-hmm. scary, the scariest movie I've ever seen in theaters mm-hmm. in terms of like audience experience. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and then I think, but then once the movie actually came out, once the, once the audience, once audiences really begin seeing it, yeah. it kind of died down a little bit because I mm-hmm. don't think people could live up to those expectations. No, you can't. Yeah, it's, it's kind
2: of the double-edged sword, because on one hand, that's what gets people in the door, because they're yeah. like, oh, man, you think this movie's going to be scarier than Exorcist or whatever? So that would, that's what gets them there. Mm-hmm. But then you're kind of setting them up to have those expectations.
1: I will say at the State Theater when we were playing it, we would definitely have people coming out probably every day that were just like uh, like we would get little old ladies coming up to the host and saying, <laughs> don't watch that movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. They were very, very frightened.
2: Well, and I just What I liked about it, too, was that I thought it was just a great film.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you take that it one as
2: horror so out, I, I love it. Yeah. Especially watching it a second time and just being like, man, you're all so screwed <laughs> from the first second of this movie. Tony Collette was screwed from the day she mm-hmm. was born. That's the only reason why mm-hmm. she was born. I can't say too much without having
1: right. spoilers. Well, anyways. like you were saying, Nick, it's like a, a really strong debut from a first-time feature director. Yes. It's like watching that movie, you'd think that it was made by someone who knows film backwards and forwards. Yeah. And I guess he's made a few shorts, which I haven't seen, but like... He really had a masterful hand
0: with that movie. Mm-hmm. What the, his his framing, especially, because what, what what got what what haunted me going home is I, I went home to a dark apartment i was just looking in the cor- i was looking in the corners of everything because he's he does a great job of putting things in the background mm-hmm. that you kind of see oh, and then absolutely. and then just you you're you just waiting for something to pop out from from the shadows yeah. and that's what get, that's what that stuck with me is that i i went to sleep just like looking at the corners of my bedroom just yeah. <laughs> waiting to see Tony Collette during, in the corner there during my first screening of that movie uh, there's a great shot
1: where something like that happens And I I noticed it right away, but I could hear members of the audience all around the theaters noticing it and gasping or (laughs) screaming. And you would kind of get the sense that, like, something awful has happened in the distance and Mm -hmm. you don't know exactly what yet. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what it is yet. Right. And then something pops out and then
0: the whole crowd just erupts.
2: (laughs) A movie that you had to see theatrically.
0: Yes, absolutely. Eighth Grade was another, was a huge one just... uh, uh, nationwide and that's a directorial debut from Bo Burnham mm-hmm. and we've talked about this on a little bit of podcast as well but it's worth mentioning once, once again.
2: And I'm excited too because I, I guess I started seeing this week you know there's it's never too early for like Oscar buzz to start mm-hmm. and what I've been seeing here on eighth grade is uh, sc- original screenplay which I think is so mm-hmm. worthwhile for Bo Burnham because especially when he was here for Cinetopia and he talked about how Every single um like uh like in her uh video podcast or mm-hmm. her video um
1: her vlog her vlog
2: everything every single note of those was scripted mm-hmm. every single note of that movie because when you hear her talk, it sounds like Elsie Fisher is just talking like an eighth grade like herself almost mm-hmm. um, and it's so much more impressive for his script and for her performance I think when you hear that that was all entirely um in his in his writing
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. not
2: just him saying, Okay, now talk like a thirteen year old girl will talk.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a summer is never it's never really been known as a time for Oscar content, contending movies, but I think there's a few in this summer that uh might be where like Black Klansman was really big. Sure. A really powerful film as well. Uh like you said, eighth grade, I think blind spotting did really well. Um I'd like to bring up uh, Incredibles 2, which yes. I'm sure will
1: win Best Animated Picture. Mm-hmm. Watching that movie, again, in a nice big theater, you really got the sense of uh, the amazing cinematography that mm-hmm. Pixar is capable of. and mm-hmm. Especially Brad Bird. Like Incredibles 1 was already an amazingly directed movie, but Incredibles 2, the action sequences in that movie, mm-hmm. I think were some <laughs> of the best I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, I agree. And then also kind of segues into um, my Oscar hopes for *Mamma Mia*, *Here We Go Again*, <laughs> which we all know is going to some of the sweep. best action sequences of all time. It's going to sweep. <laughs> that was a movie I saw in a sold out crowd on a Friday night, and mm. people at one point I'm not kidding. And this will really won't surprise anyone who knows me. I started crying because I was so happy. It's just like because people were singing along, and everyone was just so delighted.
0: Anyways, that, know, was my, I, that was my that was probably my favorite movie in of the summer. For some reason, it was that it was still it.
2: a quality like a week ago, but I think it's oh gone. yeah, I think it's gone now.
0: Yeah, oh, okay. What were your surprises of the summer? Do you have anything that you weren't expecting to? Yeah,
2: yeah, I definitely do. I loved uh, Blockers, the comedy, oh, the teen yeah. comedy, the teen sex comedy.
0: And um, was that a directorial debut?
2: I don't know off the top of my head. Okay, but that was a movie that I went into with pretty low expectations, thinking mm-hmm. it was going to be kind of a dumb comedy. Um, I mean, which it is a dumb comedy, but it was a very Mm. smart dumb comedy, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. It was a female-driven
0: comedy as well. Yeah, Yeah. female-driven
2: sex comedy um, that was incredibly tender and handled so many things well. There's this great coming out story of one of the teens with her dad Mm -hmm. um, that was handled so beautifully. And the movie was very, very funny, Mm -hmm. like very funny. And I was very, I was impressed.
1: I really liked another comedy that came out this summer called Game Night, yeah,
2: oh, I, yeah
0: this I, game I missed Wait, that did. as well, but I heard great things.
1: It's like the classic screwball comedies of the early 20th century brought into the 21st century. Mm-hmm. It's really, really funny. And it's funny in a way that isn't like, uh, I don't know, lowest common denominator yeah. or like physical. I mean, there's physical comedy, but it's mostly in the attitudes of the performers mm-hmm. and the script uh, it really, uh, brings you in to the comedy of the situation. And I don't really want to talk about it if you haven't seen it because it's a, uh, it's a really well done. Who
2: movie. I know it's like Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman's the yeah. main couple. Who else is in it? Cause that has a great cast, doesn't it?
1: Well, uh, let me just, uh, consult my brain here really quickly. Is John Hamm in it? John I'm Hamm trying is trying not in it. I'm trying remember the trailer. It. I'm trying yeah, there was.
2: Outside of Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman. <laughs>
1: Uh, let's see. Jeffrey Wright plays, a, a, C- a CIA agent again. I don't want to like talk too much about this. We movie. don't need to
2: know who they're playing. So it looks like, Oh, Kyle Chandler. That's I, him and
1: oh, John Hammer both. Are so
2: handsome and distinguished men. Jesse oh, God,
1: Jesse Plemons. Okay. Jesse Plemons is the best part of the movie. He mm-hmm. plays a police officer who is the neighbor of, uh, Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman's couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he steals the show every time, uh, one thing I'll say is he he is very into game nights. So, the okay, so they, they hold game nights. They're really into, like, board games and party games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, like, that initially turned me off the movie because I don't know anyone who's into those <laughs> as much as these people are. But they're really into game nights. And Jesse Plemons uh, really, really wants to attend them, but he's been banned for some reason. Uh, and... You should really just go see Game Night. Okay. Old, it's out on video yeah, right now.
2: good old Meth Damon, as I like
1: to call him. Uh, it's, <laughs>
2: it's the, the greatest reason, ever given. The
1: reason I saw it in He the was first in Breaking place. Bad is
0: what she's referring to. He looks, to. Yeah, he he looks, looks like, like Matt Damon. Damon, and he was in Breaking <laughs> yeah, Bad, yeah.
2: so people started calling him Meth Damon. I, I also <laughs> call him? him Mr. Kirsten Dunst, because yeah. he's married to really? Kirsten Dunst with mm-hmm. children. Wow. Yeah, they were in Fargo together. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the reason I, I started watching the movie in the first place, because I, I hadn't really heard much about it, it's from two of the screenwriters behind uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh. One of my favorite movies of last okay, year. I didn't know that. Two of the uh,
2: 15 screenwriters? There's five screenwriters. There five
1: <laughs> uh, including John Francis Daly,
0: Freaks and Greek Geeks superstar.
2: The Key Geek.
0: The Key Geek. <laughs> yeah, go see Game Night. Game Night. I, I enjoyed, um, I saw a Rampage at the drive-ins.
2: You enjoyed Rampage? Rampage?
0: I, I actually enjoyed Rampage. Can that, you remind me what That Rampage? was uh, The Rock. It's a
2: video a, the game. video game. The oh, video game adaptation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was actually
0: a lot of fun. That, I'm, I'm really oh, happy man. to hear that
2: because the reviews I kept seeing were people being like, I wanted it to be fun. Like You don't go mm-hmm. into that being like, this is going to be such a great movie. You go, mm-hmm. oh, man, The Rock's going to fight some giant monsters and it's going to be fun. So I'm happy to hear that it, it actually was. Always... It, it was
0: a perfect movie for the drive-ins at yeah. least. Yeah, sounds where, like a... uh, it. Where mean, you bring your own snacks sure. and your own booze. Yeah. And you know, yeah, it's a. Uh, you can like get out and run around <laughs> your car a few times to burn yeah, off some I, I, energy. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs>
2: too amped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you, yeah, you can talk and make fun of the film as as it's playing. You know, it was it was it, 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 it was it was pretty enjoyable. Yeah, that's okay. Is that the movie that t- our our good friend
1: Tyler said inspired him to? fulfill his like lifelong dream of being let... Oh no, that was Skyscraper. No, yeah. no, I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> of being what? You can't have, have to finish it. It was
1: uh, his lifelong dream of being uh, led out of a collapsing skyscraper
0: while holding hands with the rock. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Wrong movie. So, I, I, I looked up uh, so Screen Rant wrote an article. Let me just get your, your opinions mm-hmm. of... They're the winners and losers of this summer's box office. Uh, winner Avengers: Infinity War, of course. We no about that. Yep. Loser. Solo, a Star Wars story.
2: Wah, wah. I, was it
0: a was it a loser? It was. It was. If we're talking, if how we're, much did sh- it make at it the box office? It, it, well, it, I think that it made a lot of money at the box office. But if we're going to talk about expectations, this was yeah. something that really fell off of expectations. I mean, there was a lot of press about it was too close to uh, to the release of last jedi and there's all that backlash against last jedi and then solo suffered from that which i have a lot of thoughts and opinions about yeah
2: we still sure. haven't done our last jedi episode <laughs> toxic fandom ever. yeah it, it keeps
0: coming up this was mm-hmm. a suf- this suffered from that greatly i like this movie i, like I too. if we're actually we're, we're recording this on the the day solo is getting released on blu-ray Today. Hey, my solo on Blu ray. I'm very excited to go (laughs) pick that up after I get out of work today.
2: How much money did Ron Howard give you to (laughs) say (laughs) that?
0: I wish I had that Ron Howard money. Um, But yeah, just movies that don't, it didn't make over. It didn't. It, I, I I think it hit a billion dollars, but it's Not but only it, a billion. But it's only but it billion? but it still didn't meet expectations. And then now sure. the, the rest. Now the the whole Star Wars franchise is up up in debate because yeah. of this film because Bob of Iger. how because of how it failed.
1: Didn't Bob Iger just say he's gonna slow down the Star Wars films? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is probably a good thing.
0: Yeah, but probably. I think
1: you have a good point about expectations yeah. because. Uh, I think Avengers Infinity War also is affected by this. Like, it's the culmination of the entire Marvel Mm -hmm. Universe for the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so the expectations going into it can only be that it has to be the best one. It has to be the biggest one with the most important things happening in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I thought, personally, that it suffered too much by playing into those expectations mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, fulfilling those expectations too closely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Avengers, I think, was too uh, close to what people expected it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's what people wanted. Mm-hmm. But uh, looking at a different Disney-owned franchise, Star Wars, mm-hmm. The Last Jedi wasn't enough of what people were expecting or whatever. Which mm-hmm. was so, and great. so yeah, which I personally loved. But then Solo was maybe uh, way too much of what people were expecting. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, I don't know, there's some some balance there got upset. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I think to me it's also like this collective exhaustion of uh, prequels. Like yeah. maybe this is just being, I'm just annoyed by the fact that, then this is from today's news, today is Tuesday and the new trailer for um the uh fantastic Beast and where to find them the second one of those just came out oh i
0: didn't see that yeah
2: it got dropped this morning and the big the big reveal of the trailer is that nagini the snake is actually a woman who is alive in the 20s who's a witch who's then turns into a snake okay. and someone's like oh jk rowling how long have you been holding on to that secret <laughs> and she goes oh 20 years she tweeted that i don't and I was like, "Well, that. that is such bs <laughs> no there's not bs that it's been this oh now we finally have the plan and all these stories already mm. existed We've just been waiting to hear the Han Solo story and it's... The story's already existed and we we just haven't... That's what I mean. We haven't. And so all of this, it just feels... I don't know. I just feel disrespected by yeah. Star Wars and Harry Potter, but people enjoy it. Wait, so, uh, Harry Potter is
1: uh, Warner brothers, right? Yeah. 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 Still owned by Warner. I was going to say like all these Disney movies are uh, movie franchises that have to branch out into every possible direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really is
0: getting like, I don't, so exhausted.
2: I don't need to see the Kessel run. I can no. imagine it. I don't, <laughs> it was pretty cool though. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm So, no,
0: so in, 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 in short, what I, what I think I'm really, I think what we're, we're, we're sort of dancing around here was that, to me, I felt like the summer was a little bit mediocre for box office hits. I mean, we had we had the, the Avengers, the Incredibles, but really, the theme of the summer was how enthusiastic people were willing to go see independent films and to go and find those these small theaters around the country that are playing Eighth Grade. They're playing R B G. They're playing Through Identical Strangers. That's all I when when R B G came out. That was all I heard about uh, th- th- that week. I mean, I think our, I looked. RBG, the domestic gross, it was 80th on the list. And I was pretty shocked to see that, honestly, because that's all I, I mean, I'm looking for that stuff because I work on independent theater, but still I was, but that, that, that week that that came out, that was all, that's all I was hearing about was RBG.
2: Yeah. There were a lot of great titles this summer. Yeah. indie box office. Stronger Mm -hmm. than ever.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like
1: you have, sorry to bother you here. Mm -hmm. That was another critical darling another
0: directorial debut another directorial it's debut it's a feature debut yeah yeah mhm really great reception mm-hmm. uh, at the state theater yeah and that i mean these uh, directorial debuts are so important for for the industry as well i mean you get these fresh voices that are finally getting their a platform to speak and to and to show their 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 voices like there's no there there isn't a better time i think in cinema right now for for directors to come and have a chance to to do something like this, I mean, the the, the studio system is still in place, but. Uh... <laughs> It seems like there's a very healthy environment for independent yeah. directors to make their
1: debuts mm-hmm. at the moment. And mm-hmm. it
2: also seems like a lot of actors are switching to mm-hmm. directing, too, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. I know, like, uh, within the next couple of weeks, we're opening Jonah Hill's uh, mid-90s, which mm-hmm. is supposed to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my top, easily top five favorite movies of the year still um, that I know I saw with Nick at Sundance was uh, Wildlife. Yes. Which is the Paul Dano mm-hmm. um, directorial debut mm-hmm. uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Carey Mulligan. Mm-hmm. Just like, that was my favorite movie of Sundance this 19. year. And I saw Hereditary in eighth grade and Blind Spotting and Sorry to Bot, ba- and Sorry to Bot. Ba- you know, like, and I saw all those movies there, but it was still mm-hmm. Wildlife was my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's someone else, too, that just announced they're making a movie. I don't know, maybe this is all just still coming off of yeah. the Lady Bird success mm-hmm. with Miss Greta Gerwig.
0: Yeah. So it was a great summer overall, I think. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> busy I- summer, very busy summer. Um, but. Yeah, pretty great. I, I, there's there's not a whole lot that I saw this summer that I didn't like. Uh, so before we wrap up here, we're gonna get to our movie magic moments of the week, and this is what we do every week, uh, where we talk about something that we've seen recently that we can rec- recommend to you, the listener, and something that reminded us why we love what we do, working at it, working at a theater. And uh, Nadim, why don't you get us started? Yeah, so we just opened up an amazing movie at the State Theater
1: called Mandy. Yes, the new yeah. Nicolas Cage. Uh, uh,
0: I don't even know how to describe it.
2: It's it's a start. It's um, it could, I would call it a Nick Cage picture.
0: It's like a, re- a revenge thriller. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. It's a uh, it's really something. Uh, it's I one of those it. movies uh, which I. The movies that I tend to like are the movies that I think should be seen as big as possible, mm-hmm. as loud as possible. And yeah. Mandy is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I, Watching it, I kind of thought of like David Lynch's work because he, uh, Panos Cosmatos, who directed Mandy, is also a proponent of the idea that sound and image and editing should all work together mm-hmm. to make an experience, not just a story, but like an a whole body experience for the audience to enjoy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Mandy is absolutely one of those pictures. I
2: had one big issue with Mandy that I want to talk about in a couple weeks after people will give people a chance
0: to see it without
2: spoiling it. Okay. Or we can just talk about it once this we're done recording.
0: Yeah. Let's do that. But yeah, it was beautiful. I definitely, I definitely picked up on the David Lynch in that film and not just because it takes place in the Pacific Northwest. It's just very psychedelic. It was very ethereal. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Very, and it's funny, very well. Yeah, it it is funny, it is funny. funny. Yeah, um, I second your your recommendation (laughs) on Mandy playing now, yeah, now playing at the state, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mackenzie.
2: Um, yeah, I I, well, I uh, I did like Mandy. Um, I am gonna use my magic moment to talk about something that I think I brought up like two times Mm -hmm. on this uh podcast, but now it's actually happened. I kept pitching the uh, UMS opening uh, Mm. their season with 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, how was that? And that was on uh, this past Friday night. Mm -hmm. It was uh, over 3,000 people in Hill Auditorium, which is an acoustically perfect hall. Mm -hmm. And the Detroit Symphony Orchestra with a choir did um, a live accompaniment to 2001. Mm -hmm. That was my first time seeing it in a theater,
0: uh, which was pretty amazing. And we got Mm -hmm. front row of the mezzanine,
2: uh, Mm -hmm. which is pretty great. So it was just this beautiful view. It was it was amazing. The I I images of that movie that I had seen before just looked so mm-hmm. much better. And even that was even with I mean this isn't a dream projection scenario, but because obviously there's lights on the orchestra, so you're mm-hmm. not in a pitch black hall. Um, so you know you get you lose some of the colors, but even with the psychedelic parts, it was just stunning. And anytime you'd see the choir stand up from their seats, I'm like, oh yeah, we're about to get some creepy like high pitch. Sp- terror. Mm-hmm. Did, um, did they
1: show the new 70 millimeter? It was master? not. 70 Oh no? no. It was a digital print. Cause oh, they man. had
2: a huge DCP set up in the uh, booth.
1: I see. Or in like the uh, mezzanine. I saw the 70 millimeter version yeah. like a month ago or something yeah. when it was at the Cinepark. The traveling mm-hmm. make, um, yeah, yeah, Christopher Nolan one. one? Yes. That yeah. one. Uh, and that one. Like, that was also the first time I had seen it in yeah. theaters, and it was really just something else. When yeah. when you saw it, did they do the overture before it started? Yep,
2: they did overtures before. Okay. They did an overture um, afterwards.
1: It was, like, it was probably, like, the, co- the closest I've come to, like, a spiritual experience. <laughs> yeah. It's really something else.
2: Yeah, and it was fun to look around, too, and, like, I knew you know, 30 people around me and I'm looking oh, sure. on the floor and like, oh, there's the mayor. Oh, there's a <laughs> board member. There's the head of penny oh, cool. stamps. Like it mm-hmm. was just, it felt like very Ann Arbor. Yeah. Uh, it was this great like community event. of It was over three. I mean, it was almost, there was like very few open seats mm-hmm. in Hill Auditorium. Really only like the, even the there were people in the front row, but like the very, very, very far sides where maybe you couldn't see anything. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty much the only open seats and it was free. Yeah. I love That's UMS. So cool. UMS yeah. is so great.
0: I was so disappointed. I missed both of those. Mm. But, but I mean, uh, my movie magic moment, I mean, there's. I, I saw a lot this weekend that I could talk about. Honorable, honor, honorable mentions, Lady from Shanghai played at Michigan with Eddie Muller of TCM. Mm-hmm. He was there. That was a really great screening. That's why I had to miss 2001 A Space Odyssey. But that screening was great nonetheless. Eddie talked for about 45 minutes after the film. Wow. And he had a lot and a lot to say about that. So much history involved with that film. Uh, Mandy, I saw Mandy, that, that was an, another honorable mention of mine, but I rewatched the Blair Witch Project mm. this weekend oh, wow. nice. and Retro-cut. that, mo- that movie holds up. Yeah, yeah. it really that, does. that movie screws me up every time I watch it. That's the only horror movie to that. I think that I can rewatch and it screws me up every time I see it.
2: Yeah, totally. What, what how old were you the first time you saw it? I, this, it came this, out in
0: 1999, yeah. so I was eight years old. But, and you, you saw it then? It? I didn't. I didn't see okay. it. Li- I know. I, I didn't see okay, cause it.
2: Okay, because I I was eight. Mm-hmm. I was either eight or nine when I saw it for the first time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I lived in the woods.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, and that'll get that, you. that you movie doing?
2: messed me up yeah. in a big way. And I remember. But I remember in high school watching it at like a some high school party or something and mm-hmm. everyone was like man that movie sucks and I think they are just being dumb 17 year olds yeah. but then part of me wondered I'm like was, was that just so terrifying because I was a child mm-hmm. um, so I'm very happy because that movie scared the hell out of me yeah
0: yeah the, 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 that movie does so much with so little that just the yeah. amount that you don't see in that movie is so much more terrifying because I, I look at that movie and there's two, two different ways you can watch it you can watch it Either and you're believing that there's a Blair Witch haunting them in this woods and it's messing with them. Or you can take the alternative view and that they mention it during the film that maybe that they're just, there's hillbillies in the woods that are messing with them. And that scares me equally. That
2: doesn't explain the last shot, though.
0: It doesn't explain the last shot. The, 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 the ending. But still, you, you don't actually see the Blair Witch in the movie. So there's yeah. a lot of like, how, yeah, how did this house appear in the woods and they never ran yeah. into it? I don't know. I can hear but, her
2: voice right now in my head, screaming and, his name. Like I can hear. I, like, yeah, I, I can just. It's it's, it's embedded I, in my I, brain.
0: I looked into some history about this about this movie, and she got such a raw deal after that movie came out. The lead actress, the lead mean? actress, Heather Donahue. Da- her name was da- Heather Donahue. Her, it's sure. her her same name in the movie, mm-hmm. because when the movie came out, they were promoting it as. This actually happened. Right? Yeah,
1: that
2: was the whole marketing campaign. Yeah, it was found like, fo- that like, was the original found footage.
0: And these these actors weren't allowed to to appear with the movie because they wanted people to think that they're dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after after the after they revealed what the movie actually is and they they brought these actors out in front of people, I think there was some backlash against them. Like, oh, you got us, and I hate you for it. And sure. and then she got she won like a the golden raspberry that year. What? Yeah, That's it bullshit. it yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. They they all got a pretty raw deal and, but they are so believable. She is yeah. such a great actor It was just two at the time. The guy I, she's trying to you just yeah
2: Mike Mike, oh, yeah Mike God, Mike yeah Mike Mike
0: f- yeah yeah. But uh, yeah, rewatch the Blair Witch Project. It's the perfect time of the year to uh, now that to, summer's to revisit. over. Yeah. summer's over, and we're <laughs> the
2: best time of the year, which is fall. Which means we can watch horror movies every day.
0: That's that's what it means. I'm so the excited. time of year. <laughs> so pick up uh, pick pl- pick up the Blair Witch Project at the Ann Arbor District Library. <laughs> uh, all all these films that we talked about uh, today are probably going to be our are already released or going to be released soon. So visit the District district, li- district library, and pick them up. Uh, thank you to both of you for coming by and uh, uh, being on the podcast once again. Thanks for having okay, us. Anytime. I think next week we're going to be doing our fall movie preview. So mm-hmm. spectacular uh, so,
2: Halloween,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, this like is like the movie,
2: not the okay.
0: so. This, this is going to be, uh, I guess a part one of two. We're doing the summer uh, recap and then the fall movie preview. Yeah. So, uh, excited to talk about that again. Uh, check out the Ann Arbor District Library, visit their website aadl.org. Uh, email the podcast i have a, a new email address for this podcast btmpod at gmail.com so you can email me there send me your movie magic moments tell us about something that you saw as we rec- that we recommended to you we uh, would love to hear more from everyone listening uh, i be back in your feed in a week so thank you for joining us behind the marquee
1: Consulting my letterboxed diary, mm-hmm. so I that I remember the, what movies I
0: saw this I, summer. I, I could go
2: to my MoviePass history.
0: Yeah, I love letterboxed. It's a very yeah. handy. It's a very handy tool. People Did I the, like Simple
2: Favor? Yes. <laughs> people you, at MoviePass. the
0: theater
1: convinced me to get an account, uh-huh. and I've been trying to like uh, log all the new movies I see because uh-huh. I never remember anything about like what I see or what I watch or mm-hmm. what I consume media-wise. Yeah, so it's been very useful.
0: Yeah, I, I find I find it very fun to just try to find out how many movies I've seen in my life. Yeah. Like just yeah, trying to log everything that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I think I'm like
1: over 950
0: now. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, right. Actually the other day I was trying to remember all the movies that we watched uh, at university. Like, yeah. Cause I can't can remember find, like, most well, can of them. Find, like, syllabi in your email or something? <laughs> I guess I could. Yeah. that. Yeah. I'm just like, don't want to look through all the hundreds <laughs> email of
0: emails. Yeah. I, yeah, I did, that. That, Trying to just like Google search plot like vague plot synopses yeah. that I remember from those screenings. Like, there's one. It took me a long time to find out. Um, it was a movie. It's Al Pacino, and the scent is
2: scent of a woman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> takes place in the '80s, and he's like a undercover cop, and he's going into the underground homosexual world. Oh yeah, cruising. And, cruising. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We watched that. Uh, I yeah, remember we We watched, did. We watched that on 35mm, I think for Kligerman's class or something like that. Yeah, I that. think I did too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds great. Yeah, it's what, really good. Were we in the same class? I don't think so. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> I you then, so. so I wouldn't be surprised. I don't I think I would have remembered you though. Those were pretty small classes. Yeah. Uh
1: it was um not film history. It was like contemporary film theory. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, maybe we were I guess we'll never know.
2: <laughs> I feel like I didn't see anything this summer.
0: That's not true it was It was a busy summer. Okay, should we get going.